This is episode 149. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Siope, and I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for joining me wherever you may be in the world, running errands, cleaning the house, wherever it may be. Thanks for joining me today. We're going to talk about something that is essential to effective parenting, and that is the way that you look at your children and you're able to help them notice the good that they're doing. So in a way, we're focusing on how parents sometimes look at the weaknesses more than they look at their child's strengths, but how weaknesses can actually help us understand a little bit more about the strengths that a child may have. So we're going to be talking about this connection between weaknesses and strengths, a paradigm shift that parents need to go through in order to help them become more effective in their parenting journey. There are three things that we're going to cover during this podcast, and let me go over what they are. First thing is how shifting your focus and recognizing the strengths of your children can alleviate the stress you feel even when you see that they have weaknesses. Number two, how your child's weaknesses can be turned into strengths. And the last thing is we're going to use a skill that will help you adjust and really work with your child on how to approach their overall negative behaviors while they're exhibiting negative behaviors in order to make it flip and make it switch. Now, again, this is a powerful tool for a lot of parents to be able to help them know, how do I engage with my child when I notice they're just doing everything wrong and shifting that? So I am so excited to share this podcast with you today. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to think back to when you interviewed for a job. One of the things that I really did not like about job interviews is when you sit down to be interviewed for the job, the person giving the interview will sometimes ask you the question, well, tell me about your strengths and tell me about your weaknesses. Now, I think a lot of us have been in that situation where we want to emphasize the strengths that we have and not so much focus on the weaknesses because we want to get the job. Well, this is kind of similar in our approach where we want to focus on the positive things that are happening. We don't have to negate or reject the negative things that are happening, but you can notice that sometimes the positive things lead over into helping the negative things work out. Sometimes when you focus on a child's positive trait, those positive traits will bleed over into the negative traits and those weaknesses become stronger. So in many ways, that whole job interview is something that we're familiar with and we do it as adults. And now I'm asking you to have that similar mindset when you're working with your child and you're focusing in on their behaviors. You see weaknesses, but there are strengths going on at the same time. And when we focus on those strengths, we actually build more uh, resilience in our children to overcome some of the weaknesses that they may struggle with. So those are the three things we're going to cover, how shifting your focus and recognizing the strengths can alleviate the stress that you feel, Number two, how your child's weaknesses can be turned into strengths. And number three, using the skill of effective praise to help shift 
the focus of your child, but also shift your focus as a parent. And by the end of this podcast, you'll understand how powerful effective praise can be in changing your parenting style. It also helps you to build connections with your child, and it helps you see that your child's weaknesses can actually be shifted into strengths. Now, we're going to first talk about paradigms before I introduce you to the family that we're going to talk about, because paradigms are important. Paradigm is the way that you look at something. So if you imagine a window and you're looking out the window, you're going to notice things in a certain light, in a certain way. And what you see and what someone else sees through the window may be completely different. So a paradigm is your ability to look at something and see a picture and make judgments and assessments about what that is. Now, a definition that I like about paradigms and doing a paradigm shift as a parent is this. In a personal sense, a paradigm shift defines a fundamental change in how you see the world. Changing a personal paradigm opens up a range of new lifelines for your personal and professional growth, presenting you with more opportunities than before. So shifting a paradigm won't happen overnight. Now, the reason I love this definition is because it says it opens up a range of lifelines, meaning it allows you more than one way to see a specific situation. Let's take, for example, a child. If you notice a negative behavior with your child, if you can make a paradigm shift, you will start to see alternatives to that negative behavior. And by being able to do that, that gives you more tools as a parent to address those behaviors. So paradigms, wonderful. It's a term that has uh, been used in science by the scientist Thomas Kuhn and also in um, Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, it was really powerful to be able to make some paradigm shifts. And the first key of that is being able to recognize that what you are focusing on can be viewed in different ways and your specific focus is not the end-all absolute definition of what you see. So if you see a child throwing a tantrum, you may see, oh, my child is throwing a tantrum, okay? From a different perspective, say a child psychologist looking at that saying, oh, this child is in distress. If you look at uh, perhaps a teacher saying, oh, this child just doesn't know how to communicate, those are all different ways of looking at the same behavior but coming to very different viewpoints of what that behavior means. And that's because the paradigm that you are looking through is adjusted based on your own beliefs and the things that you carry in your own mind. So as parents, you have to be able to make these paradigm shifts in order to adjust to what's happening with your child and allow those lifelines to exist. So we're going to talk about a mother. Her name is Mari and her teenage daughter, Julie. And the paradigm shift Mari went through on her parenting journey. Now, Mari called in for help with her daughter, Julie, because she felt Julie was doing everything wrong. There was no communication between them except ignoring. So Julie would just ignore her mother. Now, unlike other teenagers, Julie didn't say anything to her mother. And this really annoyed Maury. So Maury felt completely stressed out. 
Okay, she's trying to communicate with her child. Her child is just not saying anything, avoiding her, uh, not responding, well, not responding at all to any request that Mari was having. And during our conversation, it became apparent that Mari had focused a lot of energy on pointing out the weaknesses of her child, Julie. For example, Julie would do the bare minimum of her chores. She wouldn't go above what was expected. She would just do the bare minimum. So when asked to do the dishes, for example, she would do the dishes, but she wouldn't wipe down the sink, okay, unless she was told to specifically. If she was asked to wipe down the table, she would wipe down the table, but she wouldn't, uh, you know, clean up the crumbs that were on the floor or go the extra mile. This is something that bothered Maury. So... Julie would do the bare minimum of the chores or the expectations that Maury had. And she felt like I had to continually tell her specifically what I needed her to do. And it just became exhausting for me. Uh, as far as communication goes, she would try and talk to her daughter. Her daughter wouldn't say a word. She'd just roll her eyes every once in a while. But she wouldn't respond verbally. At times, when things were tense, Julie would just get up and go to her room. And when she was upset, she would just avoid her mother. So she would just walk into a different room or walk outside and just didn't want to be in the same space as her mom. And these things started to really stress Mari out. Julie would also come home late and she tried to leave early in the morning. And this was a new behavior that Mari was noticing in her daughter. And so we started talking about this and she wanted to focus on effective communication as I started to really delve into what was happening with the family, with Maury and her daughter, Julie, as we communicated about this, it became apparent that the issue was not communication. It was connection. It was trust. And they needed to start to build that trust. So I talked to Maury about shifting her perspective about what her daughter was doing. And as we did this, she said she felt less stress. So instead of focusing on, okay, this is how you communicate back and forth, teach her how to communicate, we had a deeper core issue, which was connection. How do we connect with each other? How do we find ways where she can engage in positive interactions with her mother? That way she feels comfortable enough to communicate. Now that brings me to the first point, which is shifting your focus and recognizing the strengths that your child has can alleviate the stress that you feel. Now, to help Maury work through this, we explored what she explained to me about her daughter's behavior. And I pointed out how everything was framed in the negative. Now, as I described some of the behaviors that Julie was exhibiting, she would leave the room. She would do bare minimum of chores. Um, she would roll her eyes but not say a word. I mean, all those things were the way that Mari framed them. And as I started to explore with her, I shifted the paradigm for her by explaining, well, the way that I see it is she's at least doing a chore. There are a lot of children that won't even bother doing a chore at all. The fact that she's doing bare minimum, but she's still doing a chore is an accomplishment. And that's something that should be praised. The fact that when she's uncomfortable, she leaves the room, that's a powerful thing because what that says is, I don't want to fight. I don't want to argue. I don't want to engage in negative 
emotions around me. So I'm just going to remove myself. So we started talking about that, the eye roll we talked about. Okay, what does the eye roll say? Okay, what are the options she has? She could yell at you. She could scream at you. She could call you names. Instead, she remains silent and she rolls her eyes, okay, during a communication with you. So shifting the paradigm and saying, okay, you know, that's communicating something. She doesn't agree with you when she rolls her eyes. And so that opens up a lifeline of alternative ways that we can engage with her. When we look at her doing chores, the bare minimum of chores, and we say, hey, thank you for doing the bare minimum of chores, but we we phrase it a little bit differently. We would say, thank you for doing chores. When we start saying that, we actually are opening up communication by saying, hey, look, I notice the good that you're doing. I can see that you're doing well. Now, as a parent, is there room for improvement? Absolutely. But are we going to negate the good that is happening? No, we shouldn't. We should praise that. Because by praising that small, even small, tiny behavior, it increases your child's ability to connect with you and to improve. And it actually strengthens them in that small behavior to expand it to something a little bit bigger. So we talked about the narrative happening in her mind. This is with Maury as she was observing her daughter. And as we delve deeper into this, Maury realized that she was doing something that her father did to her when she was growing up. She felt like her father never accepted her. And no matter what she did, even if it was her best effort, he belittled her. As we talked about it, she began to realize how much of that behavior from her father she adopted unintentionally and was starting to use that with her daughter. And she also realized she did not like it. She did not want to be that mom. Now, this brings me to the point where our parenting styles are not random. We adopt parenting styles from those who are our caretakers and unless we've made a commitment to change those things and we do the work in order to change them. These patterns are everywhere and we default to them. So once she realized that she was doing this, Mari felt negative. She felt bad. And all of a sudden, I noticed her starting to see this paradigm of her own parenting skills. So I started to shift that. So I said, Mari, okay, tell me how you feel about your parenting style. She said, I'm an awful parent. I can't communicate with my child. I'm not doing anything right. And so I said, you know, Mari, the fact that you're calling me and that you're talking to me right now and because you want to work on this tells me that you are dedicated to making a change. I just threw a lifeline out there. Did you see that? Because I made the paradigm shift because I could see something that she didn't see. And by seeing that and describing it and helping her see that, it opens up opportunities and possibilities for her to connect. Now, Mari made the commitment to change. Realizing that there's a problem is the biggest step because once you realize it, you can start to recognize areas that you can improve. And what we noticed at the end of the call, this initial call, was she said she felt less stressed about parenting because she realized she had some work to do as well. So it was a very powerful interaction between us. 
we began to reframe and refocus on her daughter's behaviors during the next few calls. And we were also communicating about ways that she could help her daughter see the positive that she was doing in the small acts that she was doing in order to increase this lifeline, this opportunity to make a connection. Now, how can your child's weaknesses be turned into strengths, which is the second point. So let's talk about how your child's weaknesses can be turned into strengths. Once Maury recognized that there were two sides to her daughter Julie's behavior, and in fact multiple sides, depending on what she wanted to focus on, she could focus on one that would work best for her to achieve her goal of connection. So as I mentioned before, Maury started to focus in on the good things, even though they were small, the good things that Julie was doing, praising her for those good things, complimenting her for those good things. And there is a difference between just praising your child and effectively praising, which I will get into later in the podcast. But she used the steps from the Smarter Parenting website for the skill of effective praise to praise Julie. And what she noticed originally was that uh, Julie didn't know how to respond to this positive interaction from her mom. Now remember, Julie has lived a life years with this cycle and pattern of behaviors from her mother, and her mom was starting to make a shift. And so Julie didn't know what was happening, was trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? This isn't how we do this. And pretty soon she started to adapt to it. And she started to be able to recognize her mom was seeing good things in her behavior, even though they were smaller. You know, uh, I had a father call me and tell me how much it hurt his feelings to hear his kids tell him that he yelled at them too much. And he was emotional when he was talking to me about this. So to make the paradigm shift with him, I talked to him about how wonderful it was that his children could actually say that to him. They could actually communicate that with him. We shifted the focus on, hey, you're a bad parent, to, hey, your child trusts you enough to tell you something that they're feeling. And now there's a lifeline because he can make some decisions around, well, my child just communicated with me something deep and meaningful. What am I going to do with that? So really, you know, we're just flipping things, flipping things around, and we can start to turn weaknesses into strengths. What Mari did was she started to praise her daughter specifically for doing the dishes, even though she did the bare minimum. So she would praise her for doing the dishes, and she started to notice that her daughter Julie started to do just a little bit more in wiping down the sink. So then she would praise her for that. And Mari didn't bring it up. She would just praise her for what she did and leave it alone. Pretty soon, Julie noticed that. She felt good about that. She started to do a little bit more. Mom started to praise her a little bit more, and it continued to grow. And so we took this weakness of Julie just doing the bare minimum, and we started to notice that it was starting to become a strength because praise is so powerful. Effective praise is such a powerful tool for parents to use. So this continued on in their interactions. When she would leave the room, her mom would recognize it. 
come to her later and talk to her and say, you know, I noticed that you left the room. I understand it can be very difficult sometimes. Thank you for leaving the room and calming down. That's a great example for me and for everybody, really. It's wonderful that you're able to do that. We should work on being able to communicate our feelings more appropriately. And that opens another lifeline into communication because it says, hey, look, I'm noticing the good that you're doing. I notice that it's a good thing. I notice it may be a good thing for everybody in the family. Let's work on that. Let's do something about that. So very, very powerful tool. Now, with teenagers, it's going to take a little bit longer to see these changes happening, but they do happen. And I will guarantee if you are consistent with the praise, you'll see changes happening within a week. If you can do it three times a day, praising just small behaviors, you'll see that happen. With younger children, they accept the praise a lot more quickly, and they're able to make adjustments a lot more quickly as well. So you can start to shift some of these weaknesses into strengths, and you'll notice that your child is improving not only their behavior but their attitude. Your stress levels go down, and it's very, very powerful. So let's talk about effective praise and how it helps you shift the focus, but it helps you build connections as well and opens the door to more communication and more cooperation. So let me go over the steps of effective praise. Now, I had mentioned this before, but praise and effective praise are two different things. Effective praise has four steps. The first step is show approval or find a positive in their behavior, something that's happening that's positive, even if it's small. Number two, describe the positive behavior and be very specific of what it is. Number three, give a meaningful reason of why that positive behavior should be repeated. And here's the kicker. The reason that you use must be meaningful for the child. Not for you, not for the home, but for your child. So you're going to have to do some work about what's important to my child, what's a reason I can give them to continue to make positive decisions. And then the fourth one is an optional one, and that is to give a reward. If they're able to do something really well and you want to reward them, that's optional. You can do that. Now, I taught Maury how to do this with Julie's behavior. First, the paradigm shift, then praising the positive things Julie was doing, even the small things. And Mari reported that Julie was unsure about what was happening, but eventually Mari persisted and did the internal work on herself, and she didn't fall back to the default parenting approach that she was raised with. And she started to see changes happening. I pointed out that Julie was used to a different system and that change was going to happen, but it was going to happen slower because she was older, an older child, but it did happen. And that's what I want you to understand. Children are not beyond change when they are being praised, when they are being valued, when they feel loved. Finally, things started to change for the better. But the best thing that happened for Maury was that she was not as stressed out in dealing with her child, and she was able to connect with Julie. Now, they still have a long ways to go in learning communication, but this is one of the interesting things about coaching is you come with a problem. You may think it's one thing. Uh, for example, Mari thought it was effective communication. I just need to teach her how to talk to me. 
when there are deeper issues going on. And as we explore through the coaching process, we discovered, hey, there's something deeper here and there's some deeper work that needs to be done on your side as a parent in creating an environment where communication can happen because you can learn all the steps to communicating, but if the environment hasn't changed or is not in a place where a child feels comfortable, they're still not going to communicate with you. Making changes takes time and effort, and if parents can take the big step into shifting their paradigm about what is happening, it's the first step to less stress and more success in parenting. So hang in there. And again, you know, weaknesses and strengths. I talked about job interviews and sitting across someone who's interviewing you and asking you, hey, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? All of us in that position like to emphasize the strengths that we have. Well, children are no different. And they want us to see the positive that they're doing. And when we can recognize those things, still knowing there is room for improvement, that helps them have the confidence to move forward and they know that you're there to help them overcome those weaknesses. Very, very powerful tool, effective praise. I want to challenge you this week. My challenge to you is I want you to use effective praise even when your child is having a negative behavior. I will tell you this. I've worked with families forever, over a decade, and working with really high-intensive children with really difficult behaviors. And even when a child is throwing a tantrum, even when a child is punching and screaming and yelling, kicking, spitting, yeah, I've been there. That's happened to me. <laughs> There are moments in those tantrums that a child is doing something right. You just have to be open to recognize it. So, for example, the one that I remember, we were outside. I was playing with the children, and the mom and dad were both there. And this young child threw a tantrum because the game didn't go the way that she wanted. So she started to get out of control. She started to throw a tantrum. And she started to physically become aggressive to her siblings. Now, I went over there uh, with the parents, and we were going to keep her from harming herself and other people. And all the while, she's screaming and yelling, and we're trying to restrain her to keep her safe, okay, to keep her safe from harming herself. There were moments in the yelling and screaming where I would praise her, and you could see her pause briefly and look up, and recognized that I was praising something, and it made her think, rethink, and recalibrate the tantrum she was in. For example, I remember she was kicking and screaming, and she was saying, you don't understand me, you don't understand me. I just want to do this. And so I said, you know, you're expressing yourself really clearly. You, you don't feel like we understand you, right? And she paused, and she's like, yeah. Okay. And I'm going, thanks for communicating that. You know, when you communicate that way, we want you to be happy. We want you to play your game. So let's still communicate. Then she would go back into the tantrum and then I would find a, a something else to praise even in the tantrum. And as we did this volley back and forth, you started to see this de-escalation happening with this engagement, tantrum, engagement with praise in there. It was just a fascinating thing for the parents to see. But of course, I'd done it many times and I've seen it happen. But you can see the de-escalation happening 
as you work with a child, even in a tantrum situation, to recognize even the small little good things that they're doing and helping them recognize those things. So everything turned out well with that family. She was able to de-escalate. We were able to work through and establish some rules around the games, and these are rules that everyone accepted, and so they were able to avoid future conflict because we all decided a way that they could resolve conflicts before it escalated to her throwing a tantrum again. So very powerful skill, effective praise. You can find the skill of effective praise on the Smarter Parenting website. There is a video. It's like six minutes long. You can watch it. It goes through the steps and it gives you examples. All of this is provided for you as a parent because we want to help you. We want to strengthen families. We want to improve relationships between parents and children. So jump over to the Smarter Parenting website. Watch the video. There are additional instructions there. There are handouts and printouts that you can find the steps there. You can print it out and keep it on a wall so you can keep track of how to do that. Very, very powerful skill, effective praise, if you're able to do it correctly. So that's it from me this week. Thank you for joining me. So that's it from me. Thank you for joining me. Use effective praise. That's my challenge. Use it. And if you want to be really successful and see changes happening, use it three times a day. Use it three times a day with a child that's struggling. Notice the good. Focus. Change that paradigm. Really praise them for the good things, even if they're small, for what they're doing. And work with them. Work with them where they're at. That's it for me, and I will see you again next week. All right, bye.